From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to The Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for September 18th, 2008. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined this week by my good friends, John Magi, Kevin Close, Will Perry, Teresa Eccles, and Walter Eccles. Corey and Julie Martin are on vacation and will be back with us next week. In this week's show, Kevin Close will give us two dining reviews, Citrico's Restaurant at the Grand Floridian and the new Kona Cafe Sushi Bar that just opened at the Polynesian. In the news this week, we'll talk about Disney's plans to offer special discounts to AARP members. All that plus roundtable rapid fire on this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged. Uh, for housekeeping this week, we have a few things we have to talk about. First and foremost, we need to say a very special thank you to Melissa Margison, one of our listeners who spent I don't know how much time uh, drawing this amazing picture of us in the studio. And th- we'll have to scan it and uh, or try and get a picture yeah. of it or something and get I'll it up get it on the online. site. Yeah. Um, it... She did not miss anything. The details in it are going to be hard to read, but they're amazing. They really are. I mean, she, she it's it's stunning. It's a, first of all, I mean, it's, it's really great. It's a really she did a great job with the artwork, but uh, just all the detail that she managed to cram into this was. I think anything we ever mentioned is in this picture. Oh, you, yeah, I, it really it, that's what it looks like. It Find reminds me of one of those things in highlights when you were a kid when you had to find the toaster in the trees. Yeah. <laughs> But it is, Melissa, it is absolutely stunning. I can tell you we were all, uh, we were all pretty amazed when we opened the box. And uh, so I, I can't thank you enough for uh, taking the time, the amazing amount of time it had to take to do that. It just it blows me away. Melissa and Katie have drawn pictures of us, which we don't live up to. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I love you for taking all that weight off of me, but <laughs> really, that's uh, no. Nah, it's it's really it's fantastic. It'll it'll um, enjoy a very special place here in the uh, in the podcast room. So uh, thank you very very much for that. And uh, I assume Melissa gets to take a picture. Take a picture. I guess she gets to pick a number. Boy, I've been off for two weeks and <laughs> um, I can't speak. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Putting all that work into it. Um, absolutely, uh, she can pick a number. So. Let us know, Melissa, what number you want, and next week's show we'll award you something cool, hopefully. So, uh, all right. Also, I uh, just want to remind everyone in case, because uh, I haven't mentioned it in a few weeks, about our podcast cruise coming up May 9th, 2009. We have uh, how many? Uh, we had a lot of people signed up. I think we have 120 staterooms at the moment, and I forget how many people. Yeah, it's almost 300 people now. Yeah. Almost 300 people joining us on that cruise. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. We're real excited. Uh, details on that you can find on our podcast main page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. Do you think we should send a warning to the people who are not traveling with us that we're coming? <laughs> no, it's a good group. It's a good group. But we, all, we have uh, a lot of things to discuss about the podcast cruise in terms of uh, uh, what our plans are. Uh, I, I do want to let people know we have a, an update on the pre and post night stays at the Swan Dolphin. Tracy is keeping a list of those, 
and the Swan Dolphin has graciously given us 50 rooms each night for the, the span before and after the cruise at an incredible $99 rate. Wow. Which is unheard of. So if you want to take advantage of the pre- or post-night stays at the Swan Dolphin, you have to be booked on the podcast cruise to get this rate. Contact Tracy, Tracy at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. She's got a list going. She's going to contact you for your information, and we're going to start booking those soon. And just for clarity, uh, you ha- not only do you have to be on the podcast cruise to get that rate, but if for whatever reason you cancel your podcast cruise, your pre- and post-stay at the Swan Dolphin is also canceled at that time. So right. I just wanted to make sure everyone understands that you must actually be attending uh, the podcast cruise in order to get that rate. That's a that's the kind of rate we just can't have out there for anybody to, you know, unless the Swan Dolphin decides to give us that rate to sell, but they haven't done that in many a long time. In, in quite a while. So uh, some of those nights we're starting to come close to that fifty room maximum. So once we get to that fifty room, it's gonna be at the regular rate. So yep. please get your information in there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as far as the podcast cruise goes, we we have a lot of uh a lot of special events that we're planning, a lot of uh, cool Things we're planning to do uh, on the cruise. I'm sure you could just imagine the way we do things here, what we would do for a podcast cruise. So, um, But uh, details, more details on that will be coming up at some point as soon as we figure out exactly what it is we're doing. Um, we, have, we have a lot of ideas. There's a lot of ideas yep. on the table. We're just kind of working out logistics right now. A lot and, of it's going to depend on what Disney lets us do. Right. Um, I just got some information from Disney Cruise Line, as a matter of fact, and one of the things they're saying is they're going to have more space for us to do stuff on the days that we're in port. The sea day is going to be tough, so that's one thing to keep in mind is if you're planning port things and excursions, those are most likely the days we're going to be doing stuff on the ship Yeah. for the podcast, so just keep that in mind. That's all I have so far. As soon as we have more information, we'll let you know. Okay. And... Uh we do have a prize to give away. Uh, Kathy, WL fan, was at the Dole Whip for Bob meet um, Labor Day weekend, along with uh, many of uh, uh, the folks here at the at the show. And uh, one of the prizes was a shot at the prize matron, and Kathy won it. What number did she pick, Kathy? She picked number 14. Number 14. So let's go into the prize matron mode and see what number 14 is. Do you like the podcast? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Do you like Disney <gasps> Cruise Line? Oh, my God. Well, guess what? So do we. You've won a $25 Disney gift certificate. Oh, that's just me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You'll want a podcast cruise. Yay. Yay. Wow, that's incredible. joining us. On May 9th, 2009, for a four-night cruise aboard the Disney Wonder, the approximate minimum value of this prize is $1,362. Compliments of Dreams Unlimited Travel. Thanks for listening, and congratulations. We look forward to seeing you on the podcast cruise. Congratulations again. Wow. Wow. I have to tell you something. We finally gave it away. Good. Kathy's, um, this has made me kind of teary. Yeah, you're getting, you're getting emotional here. Kathy's going through something that's really hard. Probably one of the hardest things she'll have to go through in her life. How cool is this? And this is going to be this is going to be special. This is going to be real special and gives you something to work for and to look forward to. That's so cool. And uh, wow. And I want her to know we're all thinking about her. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am so happy. I'm so happy. That's what uh, 
That's what we pay. We got a couple of. Uh, I got a couple of weepy weepy willows around the table right now. That's nice. Doesn't take much. That's nice. Now Teresa's getting ready. <laughs> the town crier. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good thing. Come on. Man. It is. That's. It's just. It's a really no, good I know, thing. I know. I know. It's really cool. That is really, really cool. We're very happy for you. We're also happy that she's joining us on the cruise. This is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a great time, and we're just happy to have more people. We got to meet Kathy's husband and little girl at the uh, Dole Whip for Bob meet, and as you probably all have heard, it was biblical rain. Yeah, it was terrible that day. I mean, we were hanging on. It was raining that hard, and she had a little girl who was fascinated by the puddles, and Brian Varley... And this little girl splashed around in puddles and just had the best time. So this was a uh, – I'm really happy for her. This is great. This is really good news. So congratulations, Kathy. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next uh, next May, May 9th, 2009. Be there with bells on. I told her to wait until – because she was going to write to Julie and pick a number. And I said to her, wait till we come home because we're going to be on vacation and I want to be there when we call your number. I'm glad we waited. Oh, there you are. All right, I have one more thing in housekeeping, folks. This one's a little bit more of a personal... Can I can I say something before we get there? Sure. Is that the last podcast cruise in the Prismatron? Uh, yes, it is. Thank God. I'm only kidding. I, I like having one in there. Okay. Well. So I think we should add one more back in. All right. Another one? Whoa, whoa, whoa. All You're right. putting prizes Excuse in? Me? I'm putting a prize in. <laughs> there you go. That's all, That was John's call, folks. That was not right. me. I wasn't even giving him a look. We're not going to banish the cruises from the Podismatron? No, we're not going to. We're not going to banish podcast cruises from the Podismatron? No, we're not. We're going to keep one in there. Okay. All right. You heard it here, for, uh, folks. He said we're going to uh, we're going to keep a podcast cruise in the Podismatron, so so be it. But uh, with that out of the way, um, let me just, uh, on a personal note, let you guys know that uh, I have decided to take uh, an extended leave of absence from work. Um, have some family matters that need my attention, uh, that require me to do a little bit of traveling. Um, so I'm not going to be around. I'm not going to be on the show for at least the next few weeks. I'm not sure exactly how long, but it's going to be a while. Uh, not a terribly long time, but um, long enough that I think you'll miss me. Uh, so I just wanted to let everybody know that I was not going to be here and to go easy on these guys and not give them too much of a hard time. And um, I will check in when, when I can from where I am. And uh, just wanted to make sure I let everybody know that. All right. So is there anything else? Is there anything else I'm missing? I have some information. All right. I have an update on Mouse Fest. Oh. Huh? Did I hear another gasp across the room? <laughs> um. I can't give specifics, and I know people are itching for specifics. Um, I had a chance to talk to the uh, special events coordinator at Disney. We're shooting for a very, very big event, a major event. This is going to be very, very cool. Can't tell you what it is yet, just in case it falls through. However, the day we're looking for is December 13th. It's the Saturday. So if you have plans to be around for Mouse Fest, just try to keep that day free for us. Um, we are going to have a completely free event. We're not going to be charging anybody any money for this event. We are going to be putting aside some entries into this event. The event is going to be limited because it is going to be free. It's going to be costing us money per person. So there's going to be a limited number of people who can attend. 
We're going to put some of those aside for people who have booked through Dreams Unlimited Travel. And then the rest will be open for an open enrollment and people will be able to sign up for it and attend the event. Um, several people around this table know what my plan is. And I think you will agree that it's very, very cool. I'm kind of on the cool side. I think it's pretty amazing. Let me put it this way. I'm excited about it. Yep. I, uh, um, I'm i fully on board with the uh, – John and I have been talking about this for a little over a month now about what we wanted to do. And, uh, you know, look, folks, you, you see the way we give away prizes on the show. Imagine you know, what we do when we throw a party. So uh, you, can, you can bet the farm that no matter where we end up um, – we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have a shindig. Yep, it's gonna be big no matter what we do, and uh, I think those who attended the podcast meets last year can. Oh, that was that was a on. that was a dress rehearsal. Yeah, what we're talking about that was a our, our uh, you know, we're talking about a Christmas party. The yep. two Christmas parties we two had Christmas last year. Parties, yeah, yep. that was a that was a quaint dress rehearsal for what we're talking about now. Exactly. So, um, I'm sewing Will's costume as we speak. Oh, no. <laughs> He's going to perform the Nutcracker. <laughs> oh, you know what? While we're you know just while we're we're talking about stuff, uh, just not uh, kind of going back to the podcast cruise. There is something I want to say. Um, there were comments made on another discussion board uh, a few months back that we're being disingenuous when we give away our podcast cruises. That uh, these are free to us uh, because of the volume uh, that we book through Disney Cruise Line. What was really sad was that this came from a travel agent with a competing tra- uh, from a competing travel agency to Dreams, who apparently doesn't do any volume with Disney Cruise Line. Because they don't know um, how it works, then. The, uh, the days of the free staterooms from Disney Cruise Line are long gone. It's been a few years since Disney was giving away free staterooms for bulk. We are paying for these. Dreams Unlimited Travel is paying for each and every podcast cruise we've given away. And the next time somebody wants to post something like that on the web, they better have the facts behind them. Otherwise, they might find themselves on the wrong side of my lawyer. So, in the interest every of- prize, unless I say that it's sponsored by another company, every single prize that we gave give away on this show is paid for by either my uh, the Diz or Dreams Unlimited Travel. Um, that's where this comes from. This does not. We have no sponsors on this show. We have no advertising on this show, and I just want to make it really, really, really clear that uh, before any of that stuff gets any traction on the web and people start thinking that um, we're saying we're giving these away, but we're actually getting them for free. We're paying for every single one of these. So uh, I'm sorry. I just needed to make sure I got that in there before. Uh, I just want to do a little intre- – in the interest of full disclosure, um, I think people should understand how Disney Cruise Line works with their group space. I think that that would give them an insight as to how this is coming about. I think apparently some of our competing travel agencies need to learn how Disney Cruise Line works with group space. We'll give them a lesson as well. When you book group space through Disney Cruise Line, they require us to put down money ahead of time. So the staterooms that we're holding have cost us money in advance in order for us to lock in this tier rate. For every certain number of staterooms we do book, we get what's called a tour conductor credit. It is nowhere near the price of of a stateroom. As a matter of fact, a tour conductor credit for a three-night cruise is $300. So we are giving away many, many more rooms than we'd ever get in the tour conductor credit that we're getting for this group space. Second is that everything else that we're doing is out of pocket. Disney Cruise Line is not providing us with anything. Nothing. As far as they're not going to give us parties, they're not going to give us anything we want to do, we're going to have to pay out of pocket for you remember what they sent to those parties that they had around the, uh, the country? 
They sent some old Disney Cruise Line napkins. <laughs> Used napkins. And some stirrers. Right. So, <laughs> yes, we, we're going to make money. We're going to make commission on every room that every stateroom that gets sold. We're going to make a tour conductor credit on every certain number of staterooms. But this is a loss for us. We're going to be losing money oh, on yeah. this cruise. You have to understand that just, you know, the parties we're looking at right now, the bill for these parties is going to be somewhere between twenty dollars and $30,000. So, you know. That's what. That's what's gonna. Yeah. So yeah. Whatever commission we're making off this is absolutely being eaten up. This was never about no. uh, finding a way. Dreams Unlimited sells so many Disney cruises. No, I'm not. That's not why I'm doing this. Really and truly, it's not why we're doing this. We were doing this as a way to promote the show, as a way to kind of uh, further um, further in, in, involve our listeners in our show, involve our listeners in something fun like this. Um, it's certainly good PR. For the show, it certainly uh, gets people's attention that we're handing out cruises the way we are. Um, that's where this stuff comes from. Um, I just wanted to be on the, uh, I just wanted to be on the record with that before I went away. So just in case it comes up again. On a little bit later note, I have one more piece of housekeeping before we move on. All right. We have received a postcard from Disneyland Paris from one of our listeners. I think she's torturing me. Well, yeah. It, uh, what, what is it with our listeners insisting that we go to Disneyland Paris? Can you guys wait until the exchange rate's a little bit better when the, when the dollar isn't worth 11 cents? I want to volunteer. <laughs> Have I said that before? Once okay, or twice. Maybe once or twice. Okay. I just wanted you to know. I've already volunteered. Just put your hands down. <laughs> this is from Robin Dillon. She's Robin D. on the boards, and she said, I thought you might enjoy a little bit of Disneyland Paris until you can make your trip. I highly recommend it. It's very beautiful. So she sent us a really nice Disneyland Paris postcard. Robin D. is going to be on the same cruise that John and I and my family are going to be on. Robin, you should have no trouble finding us. My mother will be the woman attached to the uh, railing on the deck. Her fingernails will be embedded in the deck, and she'll be screaming. We should be easy to find. And if you can't find him that way, look at Kevin yelling at somebody. Because that's invariably when they catch us. (laughs) Exactly. When I'm yelling at someone. All right. Well... That should do it for housekeeping then. Unless anybody has anything else? All right. Then we're going to get started with the news. All right. Our first news story up this week. Have you guys seen this about the British tour company? Yeah. Uh, XL, XL Leisure Group. Yeah. Britain's third largest uh, tour, uh, tour group um, has uh, went under over the weekend and uh, went bankrupt apparently. And 85,000 of their clients are stranded around the world with many of them here in Orlando. And... Uh, the uh, the CEO uh, giving the press conference actually got emotional. He was so upset that you know, I, well, I guess I'd be upset too if my business just failed. But on top of that, having uh, eighty five thousand people uh, now, most of those people are actually protected. Uh, Britain has very uh, Great Britain has very different laws regarding how you can sell travel. I mean, they're they're very strict. I mean, the sale of travel in in, in the UK is very very strict. So. 75,000 of those people, of those 85,000, will get flights home. They will not have to pay for those. Uh, but there are 10,000 people that are going to have to uh, find their own way home, basically. And that, uh, you know, basically what they're doing right now is airlifting people. Uh, the government is paying to airlift everybody, uh, get, get everybody back home. They say within the next two weeks they'll have everybody uh, home. But I thought it was very interesting that their uh, their CEO during the, the press conference, says, quote, ultimately I blame myself. I'm the CEO. I take legal responsibility for it. 
Ooh. That's a very heavy statement to make. It's a bold statement. When you're the CEO of a company and you're publicly saying you're taking legal responsibility for 85,000 people being stranded. I don't know about in the U.K., but in the U.S., that means you're probably going to end up getting a bill for those 10,000 people that had to pay their own way home. So, um, The other thing, too, is there are people who have booked future vacations who are now impacted by that as well. Um, just they People can't. who have planned weddings. Mm. Yeah. It's a, it, it's, it's a really bad situation, and it's just a further example of what's happening with the economy uh, and that it's not just here in the United States, that this is having an impact, the price of uh, jet fuel, um, and especially the issues that have just gone on in, on Wall Street over the last few days are having a tremendous ripple effect around the world. And uh, I'm just hoping that at some point in time, this hits a bottom and we, there's some kind of recovery. Cause it just seems like it's worse every week. It makes me wonder, though, about the people who, can't, who aren't going to get those flights home. What happened? Did this company hold their money and not pay for those return flights? The article didn't say. Because it, um, it just seems, I mean... We know we don't do business that way. We, you know, you give the money to the uh, place you're doing business with so that the person's vacation is protected. Um, well, I mean, it's just <clears throat> I feel sorry for all these people who got stuck. Yeah, and it's just one of those uh, one of those cautionary tales, folks. It, it just it's it's hard to know. It's hard to know uh, whether you know whether or not the company you're uh, doing business with is is solvent enough. Um, you know, fortunately. And again, this is not necessarily a plug for Dreams Unlimited, but um, Dreams Unlimited handles things very differently. This could never happen with Dreams. And for the ma- from what I understand with most of the travel agencies like Dreams, uh, the way our business models are, this couldn't happen. Um, if Dreams went out of business tomorrow, every single person who's booked with us is 100% safe. They will never lose anything. And like I said, that's not just Dreams. Um, while I don't know the specific business models of every... Uh, uh, all of our uh, competitors, I know most of them uh, operate the same way we do, and uh, so it is one of the you know I don't, I don't want people thinking that you shouldn't do business with travel agencies on the web because they're going to go out of business and and lose your uh, lose your vacation, but uh, it is it's a scary time it's a scary time for the economy in general but especially in the travel business so uh, hoping that uh, the seventeen hundred employees who lost their jobs when their company went under and the number of people who got stranded are all okay. But uh, it's a sad story. But our uh, second story this week, uh, Disney Vacation Club has officially announced two new uh, properties at Disney World. Of course, we have been talking about Bay Lake Towers for, I don't know, Kevin, when was the first time you brought it up? It was two years ago. Two years ago. So we've been telling you for two years that Disney has officially announced that project today. Um, even though it's like been built, it's like almost finished. <laughs> Um, it's like we didn't notice it. And uh, the, but so they, they've announced Bay Lake Towers, and they've also confirmed uh, the Treehouse Villas at Saratoga Springs will be part of the DVC resort. Uh, there was uh, people talking about how the the old tree houses that used to be there from when it was the Disney Village, wasn't it? Uh, the Disney Village back mm-hmm. then. Um, those old tree houses had been torn down, and people were upset that you know it was a piece of Disney history and da 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 da. Well, they're being rebuilt, and they're going to be part of the DVC. It was nice to read that they're going to be rebuilt with some historical yeah, stop with some historical perspective. They're rebuilding them, they're modernizing them, but they're rebuilding them in the style that they were originally built, which is kind of nice to see. A yeah. lot of times, things are torn down and replaced with something new and shiny. This is nice. They're they pull down paradise and put up a parking lot. 
Thank you, Joni. <laughs> Despite the current economic climate, Disney Vacation Club is continuing aggressive expansion, which includes DVC resorts as well in Disneyland and out in Hawaii. And in 2009, DVC will have more timeshares for sale at one time than it has ever since it began in 1991. This is actually a very interesting perspective on this. Not only that, but they have got a lot of inventory left. They've got a lot of Saratoga Springs, even though they want to claim that they're almost sold out. No, they're not. They're not. There's a lot of Saratoga Springs left. There's a lot of Animal Kingdom Lodge Villas left. So this is going to put a lot of inventory on the market. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with their business model. Yeah. Well, the price of those uh, contemporary, the Bay Lake Towers, the, the, that's going to be ridiculous. Uh, 140 some odd dollars a point we're hearing. That's what we're hearing. That's the rumor. Um, and you consider, what are they? Was it right now, 105, 106? It's about there, but it's also they're offering some incredible incentives right now for yeah. people to buy. So Yeah, they uh, want to get this inventory off the market so they can charge that 140 a point. Um, so... Should be very, very interesting. I'm really glad. Anything, anything DVC can do to expand its offerings is a good thing for Disney fans. Um, really well-run properties, really well-run resorts, great timeshare. Um, I don't know too many owners who don't like it. Uh, I think DVC owners are among the most loyal group I think Disney has. So um, I just think it's funny that they just you know have decided to officially announce this. Kind of looks a little addle-brained. Well, that's also their uh, their slogan, the best-kept secret. By who? Yeah, really. <laughs> Disney Vacation Club. If I, I knew about it two years ago, other people knew about it two I years mean, ago. Disney, Disney Vacation Club in general, that's their slogan, right. the best-kept secret. It's only on every bulletin board on uh, iDrive. Yeah, exactly. And our final story this week, I think this is a brilliant marketing move on Disney's part. They are partnering with AARP, the, Associ- the American Association for Retired Persons, uh, to offer them special benefits. Um, AARP membership is available to anyone age 50 or older, and uh, which right now, especially with the baby boom generation coming into that, that age range. Do you know uh, that's the single largest demographic group Oh, it's incredible. Ever? And it's, I don't know how to say that, but I think I'm making the point. It's the single largest demographic group, and they're all moving towards retirement at the same at time. At the same time. Right. Which is one of the reasons why, you know, Social Security, everybody's panic-stricken about Social right. Security right now. But um, initially what Disney's going to do is they're going to offer discounts on DisneyShopping.com, and they're going to offer some special events at Epcot's Flower and Garden and Food and Wine Festivals, specifically for AARP members. And uh, it is it is rumored that uh, they are going to uh, go. I think depending on how we see the how we see the economy and Disney's business running next year, um, if need be, that is a perfect group to target with discounts. Say we're going to give you a discount on this or that. I think you're going to see that coming too. So if you're 50 or older, join AARP. It's also the group that's grown up with Disneyland and Disney yeah. World, and I mean it's. 40 million members. I will be in a couple months. Are you, gonna, are you going to get your AARP card? You bet I am. Because I'll tell you, my brother-in-law, Mike, for five years before he turned 50, talked, to, talked about, I can't wait till I turn 50, I can join <laughs> AARP. We're going to dinner at 4.30, too. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny that one of the discounts they give you is discounts at Food and Wine Festival. It's like, keep the old people drunk so they don't know what's going on with their Social Security. <laughs> Oh, my Lord. Uh, Wait, you don't think that's true? <laughs> it could be. 
I know a couple old people who like to get drunk. That's the, not a bad the thing, old right? People I, drunk, nothing against drinking. So they don't know what's going on with Social Security. Oh, my. You don't think that's an accurate political statement? <laughs> it's very rosy. I'll let our listeners. I'll let our listeners respond to you. I'm John Magi, and I approve that message. <laughs> <laughs> You've been watching Roseanne again, haven't you? <laughs> I've been watching the been watching the news, the Talking Heads forever. Oh dear God! But so yeah, I, th- I just think that's it's absolutely brilliant marketing on Disney's part. It makes perfect sense. It's the perfect group to go after, and uh, you know I think that'll end up being a very I think it's going to end up being a very good deal for Disney, and I think you're going to see some a some special AARP discounts at the parks. And resorts next year. I'm almost willing to bet the farm on that. Um, again, it'll depend on how Disney's doing. If it they does need seem the boost. like a, it does seem like a good marketing move. Yeah. Mm. All soft foods will be half price. <laughs> <laughs> what? You're so wrong. <laughs> but you can only have them till four thirty. <laughs> They'll be handing out hemorrhoid donuts as you walk into the, the different attractions. <laughs> well, after some of the dorky moves they've done, they've renamed the Disney Dining Experience Tables in Wonderland. What brain trust came up with that? Really? They didn't want to confuse people. So you named it something that has nothing to do with what it is. <laughs> Wait a second. Run this by me again. They oh, renamed the Disney Dining Experience. The card that yeah. gives you the, the discounts. On the it's rooms. now called Tables in Wonderland. No, it's not. I swear. I swear. Oh. They didn't want to confuse it with the Disney Dining Plan, so they named I it. Almost, I almost, I almost can't have it now because of the name. <laughs> <laughs> the name is just, I cannot have my Tables in Paradise, whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> tables in Paradise. I cannot, I cannot, I cannot go in and say, do you take Tables in Wonderland? No. I, Cheeseburger in Wonderland. And they named the newest premier property after a sandwich. You know it's going to be the BLT. Do you want to stay in Bay Lake Towers? Oh, the oh that's the BLT. I've got reservations at the BLT. <laughs> no uh, one thought of this? No, apparently not. Apparently not. All right, folks, that is going to do it for the news this week. We're going to move on with Roundtable Rapid Fire, and I'm going to go first. Uh, we have some uh, information and pictures up on our blog, uh, thanks to Miss Kathy Whirling of the New Pool over at the Caribbean Beach Resort. That has been under rehab since... Uh, 1847, I think. <laughs> and uh, it is finally open. Here. The pirates were actually here uh, last time the pool was open. And uh, it is now open. And it looks, I'll tell you something, They from the pictures, I haven't been over there to see it, but from the pictures, they did a killer job. They did a killer job with that pool. It looks really good. So, yep, new pool's open, CBR, pictures on the site, disunplug.com, go see. Who's next? I'll go, since everyone else is so quiet. I have many more AARP jokes, by the way. I'm just rolling around in my head. Just be prepared. I'm on the edge of my seat. Are you? The first one is the American Pyrotechnics Association is going to have a 60th anniversary event at Walt Disney World. Do you remember when we went to the 50th event? It was at the Contemporary across the street at that... um, uh, empty the, lot. That empty lot, that little beach area, and they had fireworks around the lagoon. We no, went with I don't Neil. Remember. You don't remember that? Okay. It was very, very cool. Um, See, I'm, I'm old. See, I'm, And he I'm, doesn't have a card yet. That's right. I'm seven years away from my card. 
This firework spectacular is going to be called Welcome to Our World, and uh, guests can participate in it for free. It's going to be on the beach and grass areas near the Seven Seas Lagoon, and they're going to... All right. I vaguely remember this now as you're talking Don't about you it. Don't you remember it? Um, yeah. It's starting to come back to me. Okay. Um... They're going to use the fire. Obviously, it was a uh, a singular experience that burned into my memory. I thought it was fun. Uh, they're going to utilize the island in the middle for fireworks and locations around Seven Seas Lagoon, and it, this is going to take place on Saturday, September twentieth at nine thirty p.m. Uh, completely free event for anybody who wants to go over there and enjoy them. And just be forewarned that because of this, there's going to be a lot of road closures in the area. So. Don't be surprised if you're trying to get around and uh, things are closed off. The road in front of the Contemporary will be closed for a beginning at 9 o'clock, I believe they right. said. It's going to be followed by the regular wishes also. Oh, cool. So, I mean, this is going to be really cool and very big. This is the American Pyrotechnics Association. These are the guys who make the fireworks. Right, okay. I'm remembering this now, yeah. Both of them are going to be here. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. But it was a good show last time you guys went, 10 years ago? I thought it was great. Pete apparently slept through it, and I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Like I said, as he's talking, I'm vaguely remembering now more and more of it. We were here on vacation, and it was sort of a surprise thing we stumbled on, and it was a tremendous fireworks display. I mean, it was like they blew up Seven Seas Lagoon. It was very cool. They blew it up? Well, it was so many fireworks, it looked like it got blown up. Let this one go now. I'm going to move on because that's really bad. <laughs> it's really falling in the toilet. My next rapid fire is Stormalong Bay is going to be closed for refurbishments beginning early next year. Uh, Stormalong Bay is the big pool at the Yacht and the Beach Club. Mm. Uh-oh. That's not going to go over well. They're going to put a big concrete wall around it and no one's allowed to use it. Is that how they're going to control the crowds? Uh, it's going to be closed for refurbishment between January 5th and late March. A uh, whole bunch of stuff is going to be going on, but if you're staying at that resort, please be forewarned that uh, you're going to be impacted by these foreclo- by these closures. So we don't want people to be showing up and all of a sudden be surprised that that very popular yeah, pool is closed. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, John. Kevin, what do you have? I actually have two. Uh, the first one is we got this email from a listener who was responding to something we talked about. Every once in a while, they have a Disney liquidation sale at Celebration. And we said we didn't know when they were going to be or there was not really a rhyme or reason to them. Jen Eeyore on the boards wrote to us and said, uh, during last week's email show, there was a question about Disney's outlet-type sale that had been running at the Celebration School on an annual basis. Someone was, someone was wondering about the next dates since they hadn't seen anything on it. She has a friend who's one of the people who originated with or started this, and she says it's definitely still happening. The dates are coming up fairly soon. This year's dates, again, correspond with the citywide porch and yard sale. The porch and yard sale is at Celebration, and it's on Saturday, April, or April October 4th from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. It's a, uh, of course, I'm not going to be here for any of this stuff now. It's a neighborhood-wide yard sale at Celebration, which sounds fun, but the Disney liquidation sale is October 3rd, 4th, and 5th, and it's at the K-8 through school, which is just past downtown in Celebration. So if you're going to be in town, there will be three to four tractor-trailer loads worth of stuff that Disney will be liquidating, and what that usually means is 70% off uh, the, oh, yeah. the retail price. 
if so, you go if you go into celebration at all, you're going to see signs for this. So don't be right. worried about how do I find that school. And if you can't, just ask somebody. Yeah, it's going to be easy to find. Um, it's something we do all the time, and we find great stuff. Yep. So thank you for Jenny Eor for letting us know because none of us knew it. The other thing is, I have been approached by one of our listeners who is a professor at Western Illinois University in Macomb, Illinois. Population he, 14. Hey. He teaches. <laughs> that's right, Teresa. That's your neck of the woods, right? Yeah, it's close to my home. All you Illinois people, right to Pete. Uh, he teaches a honors public communication or communications class, and he's asked me to speak to his class based on my restaurant reviews. He's asked that I tell them what my process is. He tells me I have a way of describing things which helps people see and understand what I'm talking about. It's a a thing that he's trying to get his uh, students to understand and he would like to give them the opportunity to listen to us. He's asked if he can play a couple of our restaurant reviews uh, in his class and we've agreed to let him do that. So they've been listening to the podcast and I'm going to talk to his class tomorrow. That's very cool. Yeah, I think it's very neat. It's really cool. Uh, so, if he ever decides to do a class on how to yell at people on the internet, I'm your guy. I've already signed you up for yeah, that. Yeah, please. I'll, and the I'll, poll thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, David. You have to do the poll dancing, not oh. me. <laughs> so, I'm going to speak with uh, Professor Zanello's class tomorrow. Um, so, I'm hoping that our podcast is up before this because so, uh, they can listen to us talk about them. Are they going to uh, be recording the uh, the class? Actually, when they, um, the... I hope he listens to this after we do the speech because one of their uh, assignments is to go out and do a restaurant review based on the things that we've talked about, and he's hoping to video them so that we can see them. Oh, that'd be really cool. Yeah. I'd, love, I'd really love to see that. So the podcast is going to be part of a college course starting tomorrow. That's awesome. That is really, really awesome. Cool. We be higher education. <laughs> We're going to be edumacating them with some learnings. Learn them good, don't you, Kevin? I do. I learn them good. <laughs> cool. Now, Will, you have a rapid fire? Yeah, I got one. Thank you, Shaka Kevin. Shaka Khan. I love Shaka Khan. <laughs> Shaka Khan is going to be the headliner. Uh, he sounds really excited and he doesn't know who she is. <laughs> I just like to say it. That's right. Shaka, Shaka Khan was a grandmother when he was born. <laughs> he thinks yeah. it's a race car driver. <laughs> <laughs> she has tire tables. Shaka Khan coming up on the outside. No, no Shaka Khan uh, conquered like Europe. <laughs> no, back in the dark ages. Genghis I think that might have been Kublai Khan, but Genghis Khan. But, well, Genghis. This Shaka Khan will be playing. Uh, it's the headliner this month for the Velvet Sessions over at the Hard Rock. Okay, it's that'd it. be cool though. See, of course, I'm not going to be here for that either. This is the first one I might go to. It's the first one I've ever heard of, to be honest with you. Oh, come on. You know the rest of those, a lot of those bands, the Guess Who, the Ramones. Okay, the Guess Who. The, the, Ramones. the Ramones. They're all dead. <laughs> it's like, how many Ramones can there be? It's, it's like, like the, the Beach Boys. It's like the third cousin twice removed. Here's Stevie Ramone. It's like, Manu, it's like Menudo. <laughs> or the righteous brother. They've There's been, not many Ramones left. They've been touched by Ron Perlman, too. What? <laughs> 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 uh, the original Donnie Diddle, yeah. They've been touched. Ron Perlman, you kill me, you kill me. <laughs> okay, never mind. If you don't get if you don't get the reference, just Google Ron Perlman. It'll be very clear quickly. Oh my lord! All right. So no, that's uh, a week from tomorrow, or actually, it'll be yeah, a week from Thursday. <laughs> Ron Perlman. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, actually, I won't be able to go then. It's not this week's next. It's, week. it's the twenty fifth. Yep. Last Thursday of the month. Yep. I'm going to be on a cruise. Yep. Last Thursday of the month. Chaka Khan going to have to be every woman without me. Is always uh, Velvet Sessions over at the Hard Rock. This is a really, really cool. You've heard us mention it on the show before. This is a really cool local event, even though it goes on over at Universal at the Hard Rock Hotel. Um, it is really a very local event. It's mostly locals that attend. Uh, they get a different headliner act. I think they charge $25 uh, per person. I don't know. It's $25 per person. Uh, it's got, it's by, you've got to get reservations. You can't just show up. Yeah. And uh, they serve uh, some hors d'oeuvres and some cocktails. Um, there's some complimentary cocktails, I believe, up to 8 o'clock. And then it's a cash bar. Uh, but uh, really cool, really cool event, a lot of fun. Highly recommend it. Highly, highly recommend it, especially if Shaka Khan's going to be there. I'll tell you what, I'm wondering, if, I, I'm, I'd be surprised if it's not sold out as, as sold out already. If it's not sold out already. That's, uh, that's going to be a big draw. She's going to be a big draw. You're going to see a lot of old queens there. It'll be where old queens go to die, uh, going to see Shaka Khan. But. Elizabeth II. <laughs> All the old queens are coming out. I, I would love to go to this Velvet Sessions, but they never, they're always somebody I don't Yeah, know there's about. no string bands or jug players. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What is with you? String bands or jug, jug players. I've been off for two weeks. Leave me alone. <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> oh, I got to get some banjo music on this thing now. <laughs> The throat yodelers or something. I don't know. What they By the spoons. <laughs> nah, one, one month. I'll make it out. I got to go, though. I've been wanting to go. Oh, my. You're killing me, John. You're killing me. All right. Is that it for, for rapid fire? <laughs> Let's go ahead. Nobody else wants to say anything. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think we just might as well cut our losses. <laughs> Up next, we have Kevin Close, who has two reviews for us this week. Citrico's and the new sushi bar over at the Kona Cafe at the Polynesian. So, Kevin, what do you got? Which do you want first? Uh, your discretion. Okay. I'm going to go with the Kona Cafe. Uh, the Kona Cafe has opened up their coffee bar. They've actually decided to give it more than one use. It is now called Kona Island Sushi Bar. It's the coffee bar just before you go out to the monorail platform. And from 5 to 10 every night, it becomes a sushi bar. Now, we have talked to several of the people there, and they tell me that it's going. there's a very good possibility that this is going to become a permanent thing. It has been semi-permanent up till this point, but they are realizing that it's very, very popular. Now, one of the nights we were there, we've eaten there a couple of times, and one of the nights... The night before, it had rained a great deal. It was one of those nights during Tropical Storm Fay, And they were explaining to us just how busy they were with takeout. People coming to get things to take back to their room at the Poly. So I think it's probably going to be something that will become a permanent fixture. You know, recently we were talking about the fact that there was not a lot of great food at the Poly. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's changed. Now, it's not going to be a big deal for you. You don't eat seafood. No, yeah, it's true. However, we thought it was really terrific. Uh, there's a very few offerings. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's seven uh, plates that you can get, and they range in price from uh, twelve ninety or ten ninety nine up to thirteen ninety nine. 
as I said, we've eaten there several times now and have found the food to be awesome. I can't say enough good things about it. Now, if you're a traditional sushi lover, this is a sushi with a sort of Polynesian twist to it. For instance, they do something called the California Luau Roll. And if you're familiar with sushi, a California roll is crab meat, um, avocado, rice. And what they do is they put thin strips of pineapple in the roll. It, it, it just adds a certain taste to it. It's, it's really good. It's making a face like it's really good. Um, We've had the volcano roll, that spicy tuna shrimp salad and tempura crunch. It's a spicy tuna roll with uh, scoops of shrimp salad on the plate, and it actually has flower petals strewn across the top of it. That's twelve ninety nine. John has had the sashimi, which is salmon tuna and a chef's choice. The night we were there, it was white tail, white tuna, white tuna. Okay. Uh, the shrimp tempura roll is twelve ninety nine. The Kona crab cake roll. This is the one thing that we have not tasted. It's fresh jumbo lump crab cake, avocado, and Asian tartar sauce, and the Kona combo plate, which is luau roll, salmon sashimi, and it's the the last thing that I haven't spoken about yet. It's called tuna pokey. And what it is is it's sashimi grade tuna. That's marinated in spices and sauces, and then it's served on little round rice crackers. I cannot tell you how good this is. Again, if you don't like seafood, it's probably I'm talking to the wrong audience. Exactly. This is incredibly good. As a matter of fact, I've dreamt about it. (laughs) (laughs) Craved it in New Jersey. (laughs) I did. I said to him in New Jersey, if I could go any place I wanted to eat right now, it would be back to the the poly sushi bar. The, the uh, quality of their sushi is just top-notch. There's probably uh, there's five or six seats right at the sushi bar, and then there's probably 20 seats along the window overlooking the monorail platform. This, uh, there's not a great deal of ambiance other than the Polynesian Resort Lobby. I mean, there's no—it's right there out in the middle of the lobby. It's just outside the Kona Cafe. Uh, the, the two sushi chefs that were there that night were very personable and— I, the, the only criticism I have about it, and I told the sushi chefs that, and they said that that's already been discussed, is that the stools that they have are too high for the the height of the counter. It's awkward to sit at the counter. The counter is either too low or the stools are too high. They need to be a couple of inches lower to put you at the right uh, height to eat. It's Your a knees r- banging or something. No, it's just it's awkward. It's you're sitting it's up. Like the food is like three feet away from you. So right. It's, it's just of, awkward oh, the way you yeah. have to sit because the proportion is wrong. However, one of the nights we were there, um, some of the Disney suits were walking around and looking at the stools and the counter height, and one of them had a tape measure with it, with them. So I thought, wow. And this was before I had even said anything. Uh, so. It's. It seems that this is going to become a permanent fixture, and they're looking at extending the hours to make it um, a little bit earlier and a little bit later at night for people who are coming back from the parks. One of the really cool things about this is if you cannot get a Kona Cafe reservation, you can order the full Kona Cafe menu at the sushi bar. Wow. So if you're coming back from the parks late one night or anywhere between 5 and 10 at this point and you can't get into Kona Cafe because you don't have an ADR – you can sit at the Kona Island Sushi Bar and order the full Kona menu. It's also nice if you have people who don't want sushi 
in your party. We sat next to a couple who had a young kid, and they were kind of, you know, fidgety and looking at the menu and not sure what to do. And I said, listen, he can order off the regular menu over there. And that let them be more relaxed. Say, oh, really? That's great. So they ordered a kid's meal for him while they each had the sushi. So, And I also think this takeout thing is incredible. What a great idea this is. So if you want it, you don't want to sit there, you don't want to spend the time, get it, take it back to your room, or even go out to the beach and eat it. Now, a couple of years ago, uh, they had uh, they, they started offering sushi over at the Noodle Station, I believe, at the Magic Kingdom. Am I correct? However, that was public sushi. Well, but not initially. Initially, it was very good when it was when it was a stopgap measure because of free dining. You you guys had gone over there, and I believe you gave it a very good. The food was very good initially, but, but then when they the made sushi it a pu- was they, from oh, Publix. Oh, okay. I thought the sushi was good initially, and then after they made it a permanent thing, that's when they went to no. Publix. Okay, no, I, but I see where you're going with this. We absolutely we talked to the sushi chefs. Disney has a really bad right. habit of doing this, of starting something, starting a new product or a new offering, especially food wise. And it starts off, they do it using great food. And as soon as it becomes a success, they get greedy. Yeah. And they want the volume, but they want to pay less money for their for their materials and their food. And they end up doing things like literally serving Publix sushi, wow. um, which is what they serve at the Magic Kingdom right now. They literally, I mean, it actually, did, you, you had said it actually had the Publix sticker on it. Oh, it was definitely Publix sushi. I mean, I get Publix sushi, and there's absolutely no problem with that. But I buy it in Publix for four ninety nine, right? And it's ten ninety nine at the Magic Kingdom. Precisely. So, so I mean, this is something Disney has a very, very bad habit of doing. So, you know, you, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear they're offering something like this because, yes, as you pointed out, the Poly needs big help in its food and beverage department, in my opinion, right now. But I'm just hoping that if it becomes a hit, which it sounds like it will, that they don't take that they don't take that greedy road and try and just get the volume and the most money by cutting back on the on the, on the quality of what they offer. Now I I like traditional sushi. I kind of am a purist. There are certain things I like. This is a step this is a step away from that. There are different flavors involved in this than what you would find in a traditional sushi restaurant. But I think it fits with the theming. I think it's a great alternative. It's a great last-minute thing. Oh, you know what? We're hungry, and we're not planners. I don't know where I want to go. I don't know when we're going to be there. I don't want to have to be tied down. I want to go back when I'm tired kind of thing. You can order off the full Kona menu and order the sushi. Did you talk about the shrimp tempura roll? I didn't. I mean, I, I talked about it, but I didn't tell them how good it was. It was unbelievable. It was so good. And it came with this sauce on the side that was unexpected. It was something called Lillicott sauce. And I don't know that I'm going to be able to do it justice, but it was a mixture of like pineapple, mango, and papaya sauces that had been reduced. And it was dribbled along the side of the sushi. And when they first described it, your reaction is, you know, it just sounded awful. However, it it's one of those things that when no one was looking, you ran your finger through it to get the rest of it and licked your finger just because it was so right, good. Right, when no one was looking, you did that. <laughs> well, I was sitting in the middle of the poly lobby. I imagine someone was looking, but I didn't really care, so I thought it was really good. Um, the couple of nights we were there, this had has not been crowded. There was a brisk takeout business on all of the nights we were there, and they packaged this up very nicely. I think this is also a healthy alternative. Sushi tends to be fairly healthy. I mean, you're dealing with a lot of seafood and rice for all intents and purposes. And it was 
doing a pretty brisk brisk takeout business. I enjoyed sitting there and talking to the gentleman. It's one of those things like when you sit at the the any of the the kitchen tables, you know, in the restaurants that have the tables just outside the kitchen where you can watch the people prepare the food. It's, it was that atmosphere, so it was really enjoyable to talk to. I can't wait to go back and get this tuna pokey thing. It's these little pieces of tuna on this rice cracker that is just spectacular. I loved them. So even the the I think it was the third time we went back. The guy recognized us and gave you an extra one. He did. He put an extra one on my plate and I thanked him for it. And price wise, what is it? Uh, what does it look like? It's uh, the lowest price is ten ninety nine, and the tuna pokey I was telling you about is that the Kona crab cake roll is ten ninety nine. It goes up to twelve ninety nine for the California luau roll, the volcano roll, the shrimp tempura, and. Then it goes up to thirteen ninety nine for the sashimi and the combo plate. They also serve a couple. There's cocktails, but I believe they're using the Ohana bar anyway. So I mean, and then there are some wines and sakis that again are available anywhere at the Poly. They think Kona Cafe and Ohana has the same things. This is the kind of place you would go for for the sushi, or if there's more in your party than somebody's not interested in the sushi, to order off the Kona Cafe menu. So, I mean, John ordered an appetizer one night to sort of round out our meal. He ordered appetizers from the Kona. Price-wise, as when you compare sushi to sushi, this is on the expensive side. However, it's very, very high quality, and they give you a lot. Um, the rolls are bigger. The amount of sashimi I got was more. So I think you're right in that we have to watch them. I don't think the quality will go down. I think the quantity may go down. But Or the price may go up. Yep. It's true the price may go up, but we thought this was an excellent, excellent But now, as I mean, I mean, being someone who doesn't eat sushi, the price comparatively to other sushi places. Well, you can't really do that. I mean, I go to the Benihana across the street at the Hilton. I love their sushi. It's always fresh. It's always of the highest quality. I think that's a great place for sushi. We're talking about apples and oranges because you're talking about Disney food compared to other places. And there aren't a lot of other sushi places on Disney to compare it to. I'm not really familiar with the prices at Kimono's in the Swan or the Dolphin. I forget which one it is. Corey and Julie would be better to answer that. There aren't a lot of places to compare this to for sushi. This is pricey, but a cheeseburger in Disney is pricey compared to real life. So, um in my opinion, as far as value, if we're talking Disney value, this is a value. It's good food. It's well-prepared. You watch it be prepared. So um, it's also nice for those people who are not planners. And I know there's a lot of them out there who don't want to be tied down to being in a certain place at a certain time. This is a nice alternative. It's a nice thing to know that if you're coming out of the Magic Kingdom, and even if you're parked at the Ticket and Transportation Center, and you want to take the resort monorail, you can get off at the Polynesian, have dinner with pretty much no advanced planning. It's first come, first serve. All right. So it's a rave for the... Uh, Absolutely a rave. The, in its current incarnation. Also, I want to mention, too, they do take the Disney dining experience. Mm-hmm. Tables in Wonder Bra, whatever it's called now, plan. <laughs> You've been working on that for a while. I have. I've been mulling that one over. But they do take that. Um, we went one night just for appetizers. And that was about sixty bucks for the both of us, uh, on the expensive side. If that is pricey, just for appetizers. For appetizers, but yeah. When we went and we decided we were going to sit down, and that was going to be our meal, it turned out to be like eighty dollars. So now, when we talk about it just being appetizers, we weren't sure that we were going to be able to get back 
to do a full review. So when he says it was $60, we we ordered like we order for a review so that we can oh, okay. offer a sampling. I didn't want to come in and say, listen, we had a plate and right. let's do a review on that. You have to have at least a little bit of everything to try and Good see. Point. So that's high. If you were just going for appetizers or a nosh or you know, a tidbit late at night, it probably wouldn't be that high. The people next to us who were ordering like regular people... Uh, they each ordered uh, <laughs> like normal size people. <laughs> right. I can't believe theirs was more than 20 or $30 because right. they each ordered a single. The sampler platter and they enjoyed it. Right. Much. So it's also enough food that if you're looking for just an appetizer, you could share one of these. There's a lot of food on the plate. Mm. So uh, how did Citrico's fare? Okay. Citrico's came as a complete shock to me. A complete and utter shock. Well, you've had you've had trouble getting in there. Anyway, so just getting the reservation. Probably it wasn't was a so shock. much a reservation issue. It was an issue with us. We've um, the, uh, one time I couldn't get a reservation. Then one time we had a reservation and had a personal issue that we couldn't go. One time the weather was so bad we didn't leave the house. So this is my fourth attempt to get to Citrico's, and I'm embarrassed to tell you that we did it. The appetizers that we had at the Kona Cafe, Citrico's was the next stop. So by the time we were done doing restaurant reviews that night, we were full. Oh, my God. I could imagine. Two in one night? Two Two in one night we did. We had to take one for the team. (laughs) There you go. Uh, I was very surprised by Citrico's. I had never been there before. I find the Grand Floridian pretty, but not to my taste. I find the Grand Floridian a little fancier. I find um, I've been to 1900 Park Fair. I have no desire to put on a suit and tie to go to dinner and eat at Victorian Alberts, and especially after looking in Victorian Alberts. I had never seen inside it, and we opened the door. There are no windows in Victorian Alberts, and it's an interior room, and it, it just seemed very dark and very yeah, gloomy. Is. Not at all to my taste. It's not very inviting. Yeah, yeah. there was nothing inviting. It, it was a little haunted mansion, if you ask me. <laughs> I opened the door, and there was a gentleman inside, and he said, welcome. And I thought, ooh. <laughs> it just it wasn't at all to my – it didn't appeal to me at all. So – we approached Citrico's. I kind of approached it as this is going to be stuffy and boring and way too fancy for its own good. I have to tell you, I have a, one. Of, it's one of my new favorite restaurants. Really? Mm-hmm. As uh, a matter of fact, we loved it so much that we have made Thanksgiving Day reservations. We're going to have Thanksgiving dinner at Citrico's. Wow! Mm-hmm. Um, so let people know we do not have an ADR. We did not. This up. was a walk-up kind of thing. And I we had on shorts. Now, when we go out, I mean, like, we had on shorts, and we each had on a collared shirt. So it was – we were not dressed fancy, but we were dressed appropriately. Their dress code states no cutoffs, no swimsuits, no tank tops, no hats, and no torn clothing. So we fit the dress code, and I said to the lady, are we dressed appropriately to have dinner here? And she just looked at me kind of like – are you kidding? Of course you are. So uh, we were seated within two minutes of walking in. And this was this was a Friday night. The restaurant was almost empty. Oh, my Lord. Mm-hmm. On a Friday night? Mm-hmm. And again, I expected something very, very stuffy. At one time, Citrico's was only open certain nights of the week. They were closed on, I believe, Monday and Tuesday. Everything about it. 
everything I thought about it was that this was going to be a stuffy experience. It wasn't at all. First of all, the space is absolutely beautiful. It's all decorated in um, almost garden colors. The, the The space itself is muted. It's lined. One whole side of the restaurant is lined with windows overlooking one of the courtyards at the Grand Floridian. You don't really have a Magic Kingdom view. You have a view of one of the pools at the Grand Floridian. But you're looking out into this gorgeous courtyard. A lot of uh, beautiful wood and wrought iron. The upholstery was absolutely gorgeous. It was purples and greens and very garden-like. I have to tell you, the seats were extremely comfortable. They might be the most comfortable restaurant chairs I've ever sat in. And I thought that was really kind of cool. They brought us the menu. We had uh, we had an amazing server. Her name was Kira. I just couldn't say enough nice things about her. We explained to her that we... It was our first time there and that we were sort of looking to take our time and not be rushed through our meal. We wanted to order appetizers first and take some time with the menu and look it over and get to know it. She couldn't have been nicer. Just couldn't have been nicer. I think everybody needs to take sort of control of their own dinner. You're kind of in charge when you go into a restaurant. And I think if you give people this information, this is what we're looking for. I mean, if you're looking to make a show somewhere or you've got theater tickets or you're going to Cirque du Soleil, you also have to be responsible for that. You have to let them know what your expectations are. And I think everybody would have a better time if they did that. So we started out, uh, John and I ordered a couple of appetizers. The first one we ordered was the Arancini, which was crispy risotto with Italian sausage, quattro formaggi, and white truffle aioli. (laughs) The second thing we ordered, now that's in the first course. First course is four different appetizer-sized portions. They range in price from $8, which was the arancini, to $14, which is sautéed shrimp. The arancini were little crispy balls of risotto with Italian sausage inside and cheese and then drizzled with white truffle oil. Bring them to me now. (laughs) It was one of those things that you tried not to just pick them up and pop them in your mouth because, first of all, they're bite size and they were incredible. They sound like they were incredible. They really were. And again, it was this level of really wonderful gourmet food served with no pretense whatsoever. It was very casual, very just really nice. John ordered something called goat cheese truffles, which was uh, $9.50. That's from the soup and salad course. And that ranges from $8 for a salad of romaine lettuce to $10.50 for their um, seafood soup, the Chipino. The goat cheese truffles were tomato, cracked pepper, and sesame truffles with arugula, frise, nooski, applewood, smoked bacon, and peaches. Um, I got screwed, basically. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds good. He he came out, this gorgeous thing. It was delicious. Have you ever seen a serving tray where people serve olives in? A skinny tray that sort of looks like a boat? That's what they put salad in. It was roughly like half an ounce of salad. And these three balls of cheese, I was not very happy. It was... For ten bucks. It, how do I explain it? It wasn't a lot of food, and I understand that it's a salad or an appetizer, but this was the only point where I thought, this is far too fussy for this appetizer. 
the dish was too fussy. It was all this frizzy little lettuce sticking out of it. And you kind of had a root through it to find these little balls of goat cheese. Now, each one was different, and you all know what truffles are. Truffles are those little balls of chocolate that are usually soft inside. They made them look like that. Now, I'm one of those people that when you see something that looks like chocolate and you put it in your mouth and your goat cheese, you're bound to be disappointed. Yeah. Even if you know it's goat cheese going in, if you're going to make it look like chocolate, it's going to be a disappointment. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like when they make one of those pâtés into the shape of a fish. You expect it to taste like a fish. You don't expect it to taste like a liver. It's all what you're prepped for. This was a very fussy little appetizer for nine fifty. Even being what you were prepped for, this was stupidly small amount of food for that yeah, much money. Yeah, you got three grape-sized balls of um, goat cheese. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of goat cheese. but And then two tiny pieces of peach on either side, and then the apple would bake, and apparently they sort of waved it over it at one point. I <laughs> <laughs> included it in there. I don't know. John was very excited. He found a piece of the applewood bacon. I think he was expecting, like, slices, like you get a Cracker Barrel, and it wasn't. Um, now, they did have... Some really good bread. It was a multi-grain bread with, um, I believe, olives in it. And if you spread that goat cheese, those little balls of goat cheese on this bread, we kind of bastardized our appetizer and made it better. But enough of that. So we moved on to dinner. Uh, John ordered the braised, boneless, black Angus short ribs. They were $37. Prices range from about $30 to, I'm sorry, there's a $22 uh, entree for seared tofu. Uh, I've never seen $22 worth of tofu, but um, (laughs) to about $41, which is for the oak grilled filet. John chose the boneless black Angus short ribs with cream of polenta and a blood orange demi-glaze. And I chose, I had trouble. There was a chicken dish, which was the roast and chicken breast, uh, Tanglewood Farms chicken with uh, Crest de Gallo pasta, Parmesan cream, prosciutto di Parma, and English peas, which I thought sounded really good, or the rotisserie pork tenderloin with porcini risotto, warm mushroom salad, and truffle vinaigrette. And Kira, our waitress, our server, was talkative enough that I told her I was having some trouble picking and she said well both are good and I said I tell you what I want to be surprised don't tell me I pick one of those two entrees and order it for me so I didn't know what I was getting until it actually came brave yes both of them sounded good just bring me one of those I'm going to be okay with whichever you serve uh, she chose the rotisserie pork tenderloin for me which came out in this beautiful sort of it looked like an antique bowl. It was a small amount of the porcini risotto. Now, I really like risotto. This was a mushroom risotto, and it came with a large amount of very thinly sliced pork tenderloin. And she had a pitcher in her hand of liquid, and I didn't know what she was going to. I thought it was tea. It looked like a teapot. So she put my plate down in front of me, my bowl, and all of a sudden she took what looked like clear liquid and poured it over the top of what my food. And I thought, I don't know that you should have done that. <laughs> it was like she poured the dishwater. <laughs> it did. It looked like dishwater that she poured on my food, and I was a little disappointed until I realized that that was – hang on, let me tell you what it was. It was the truffle vinaigrette. <laughs> I thought, leave the pitcher. 
<laughs> Leave the pitcher, Kira. And a straw. I want the pitcher and a straw. <laughs> it was some really good stuff. Uh, John's short ribs came on creamy polenta with a blood orange demi-glaze. I didn't find a whole lot of demi-glaze. There wasn't anything. Uh, there wasn't a puddle of it. It had been... The meat had been basted in it, so it had a nice sort of almost like a barbecue flavor on the, the short ribs. The short ribs were so tender that all you had to do was touch them with your fork, and they fell apart. John's came on a, a dish that I can only describe as art glass. It didn't look like anything that you would ever serve food in. It was this art glass plate, and it was absolutely beautiful. But it, I thought it was a very nice presentation and a bit of a surprise. Halfway through the meal, he said to me, can I taste yours? I said, well, can I taste yours? And we did something we don't normally do. We completely switched entrees halfway through. So we both had a little bit of each. Both were that good. Wow. Incredible food, really. I can't say enough about how nice I thought this restaurant was. And a complete surprise to me. I thought, you know, I'm a Disney World veteran. I know pretty much where I'm going and what I'm doing. I completely had the wrong attitude. It is always... For as long as I've been doing this, for as long as you've been doing this, you've been doing this, uh, the amazing thing is that we can still find experiences like that. We can still find things on Disney property after all these years. I mean, think about it. Our full-time job is doing this stuff. This is what all of us here sitting at this table right now do for a living. Our job is only to go through these parks, these restaurants, these resorts. That is what we do for a living. And to give you an idea, just to give you an idea of the of the incredible scope of, Di- of of Disney World, that you know somebody like Kevin, who's been doing this for as many years as he has, is still having first time experiences and being surprised by by things he thought he knew. So I, I think that's Im- impressive. This was completely my fault. I had a real preconceived notion about this for a long time. They talked about that this was um, all based on Florida cuisine, and I just thought this is just you know. It's going to be one of those alligator really, and buffalo wings. Yeah, kind of. Shrimp, I guess. In a really fancy setting, because I find again, it's my opinion only, but I find the Grand Floridian a tad fussy for yes. my taste. I'm much more the Wilderness Lodge type. I, I, I find the furnishings, the atmosphere, I like it better. The Grand Floridian is just a little fussy. It's uptight. Yeah, it's stuffy. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't feel. You know, I always said that. You know. Um, I, I, ne- you, I Grand Floridian is the kind of place you're not going to feel comfortable walking through the lobby in your bathing suit. Exactly. Um, which is why I love the Grand Californian so much, because you know it was the same elegance level in terms of the amenities uh, at the Grand Californian, also a flagship resort for Disney. But um, you did feel comfortable. You felt very comfortable walking through that lobby with uh, with your bathing suit on. But that, yeah, that was always something that bothered me about. Uh, about the grand, and I there are people who love it. It's just oh yeah, I'm not, not taking anything away. From, not taking anything away from it at all. It's just yeah, it's a matter of theming. So this came. Uh, this was a completely erroneous, preconceived notion, and I can tell you that I, as I said, we've made our um, Thanksgiving reservations here, and we have another ADR for there on another day. We're going to take my folks back. They didn't get to go to dinner with us this time. It was that good and that level of everything that I consider good about a restaurant, casual, terrific food, unpretentious service, but stellar unpretentious service, excuse me. It just was a very nice experience. Now we did we did order dessert and before Kevin gets to the dessert, the dinner was done. It was excellent and she comes over and she takes her dessert order. And I look over at the next table, 
And in front of everybody at the next table is a shot glass full of some orange liquid. And I turn to her and I say, what do they have? I was worried that that was like the soup, you know, given how big my salad was. <laughs> I thought they all got like a symbol of soup, a thimble of soup. And she said, no, this is if you're a Grand Floridian guest, if you're staying at the Grand Floridian and you eat here, everyone gets what they call an amuse-bouche, which is a pre-appetizer. And I said, oh, that's very interesting. She goes, would you like one? And I said, well, I don't want to, you know, it's not appropriate. We're not staying here. That's okay. I just want to know what it was. No, it's okay. Let me bring it to you. Let me bring it to you. Wait, well, tell what them is what it, it is. Right. Okay. She said, what is it? She said, well, it's carrot puree. And I said, no, that's okay. <laughs> you carrot puree? It's carrot puree. And I said, well, you can keep it. It's okay. Well, we're all right. I just wanted to know what it was. No, no, no. Let me bring you. Let me bring you. So I said, well, you can bring one for both of us. So she brought out two. And I thought, well, that's a nice thing, but I ain't eating this. That just it was carrot nice. puree with creme fraiche. However, it was warm, and it was incredible. Really? At first, when she put it down, we thought it, was, it came in a little glass. So you figure it's going to be cold carrot puree. And it, when she put it down, it was warm. So we both approached it sort of with this don't look at me if I gag kind of thing. It was incredible. It was. I wanted to like drink it. I wanted to go in the back and get a bowl of it. It was like like carrot, a a wonderful, thick, rich carrot soup. It was delicious. Now, it's never the same. Right. It's whatever the chef decides he wants to make that day oh. for, and it's just for Grand Floridian guests, and it's, there's no charge for it. Everybody gets it as a complimentary thing, but I was very impressed that you brought it for us, and it was very good. So It was delicious, and this was after we had had dinner, so it wasn't like you know we went in and would have eaten the tablecloth because we were so hungry, plus we had already eaten at the Kona Cafe, so. <laughs> so we still ordered dessert. Um, we did take stuff home with us. We ordered the warm chocolate banana tort with vanilla ice cream, which was everything it sounded like. John, just he's not a dessert fan. I'm not a Disney dessert fan. I find that they they go for pretty over flavor. They look good and they don't yeah. taste very good. In my no, opinion. No flavor. And this was one of those things. It had like a chocolate screen well, attached to it. It's it was- Disney desserts. Eating Disney desserts is where I came up with the, the phrase flavor vacuum, that they run the food through a flavor <laughs> vacuum before they serve it. Kevin liked it. He I liked did. it very you'll, see these, you'll see these elaborate desserts, and then very you bite beautiful. into it, and it tastes like you're chewing sawdust. It was banana and chocolate, and if you add peanut butter, I'm just in hog heaven. <laughs> it's, like, it's all of the things that I like. However, it was... Again, overly fancy. It had this sort of waved chocolate screen around one part of the plate. And I said to her, it looked like a crown. I said, do you take this home with me, with you? And she said, well, I thought it was, and it was made of white chocolate. So I thought, I didn't know what it was. She goes, sir, it's edible. So it was just, it was fancier than it needed to be. It tasted good, but it was kind of fancy. Now, as I said, my mom couldn't go with us and she likes lemon and she likes cheesecake. So we did order a lemon cheesecake to take home for her and she didn't need it till the next day and I got to take a small bite of that and it was not a, like a, you would cut a wedge of cheesecake like out of, like you would cut a pie this was more of an individual serving and it was like a little domed serving and it was absolutely spectacular even the second day after having traveled home from the Grand Floridian it was still quite good I have to talk about the coffee okay I decided to get a cup of coffee I asked her is this 
you know, Nescafe coffee. No. Actually, he said, is this the same Disney crap they serve everywhere? <laughs> I don't know if I used those words. Did you I? You did. Boy. <laughs> I really am a jerk. <laughs> is, is this... The, well, you were quiet about it. Was I? <laughs> That's good. Um, so she said, no, this is our own bean. This restaurant... Only we use and Victorian Alberts use. And it comes in a pressed pot. It's roasted specifically for Citrico's and Victorian Alberts. It was possibly the best cup of coffee I've ever had in my life. I recall, yeah, the VNA coffee being outstanding. Oh my God. It was full bodied, yet it had like a chocolate undertone to it. It was incredible. And this was not flavored coffee, this was just spectacular. Roasted it's fresh a really, coffee. Really, really good coffee, yeah. Yeah. So this is one of the things where people say, where's really good coffee on property? Citrico's has, in my opinion, the best coffee on property. But I'm going to tell you something, though. At, uh, at Victorian Alberts, what they do, instead of using the press pot, they bring out a, uh, I don't know it's what it's called. It's called a vacuum. A, a, yeah, it's a vacuum coffee maker. It's very ornate. Um, you know, there's a big, uh, I, I don't even know how to describe Reservoir. it. Reservoir, yeah. I've seen there's the a one big, you yeah. had, yeah. There's like um, glass globe. Right. And then you got a glass globe that fits on top of that one. Right. And you put boiling water in the bottom and you put your grinds in the top and the bo- you know there's a burner underneath it and the water goes up and it steeps and then eventually comes back down. Um, you could put chock full of nuts coffee in one of these things and it would taste like a million Isn't that like how coffee. rain is made? <laughs> yeah, more or less. <laughs> Purify water. <laughs> this was just a press pot and I was very, very... It was very coffee. good. It was incredible. Citrico's is not inexpensive. It's a pricey restaurant. However, it's, as I've said before. Sounds like you absolutely get what you pay for, though. Right. It's one of those things where even at this price, I feel the value was there. It's not about the price point. It's about what you get for the price point. And I think this was this was worth every penny we paid for it. Which was? I apologize. We did this a couple of weeks ago, and I usually do a restaurant review and then record it. But with us going away, I'm after guessing after the dining plan, after using the Daisy Dining Experience, excuse me, they it came out to about ninety dollars for the both for of the us. two of us. That's not expensive. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not expensive about, at all. Well, no drinks. Uh, we did have appetizers. We did have a meal each, and then one dessert. So it, it, it was with it before uh, before the tip. I, she didn't include the tip in ours either. She took the Disney dining experience, but you know how they add an automatic eighteen percent. She was wise enough to not do that. Good. So she was well taken care of, and she was, in my opinion, one of the best servers we've ever had. It was she was invisible until she was needed, and she knew when that was and just appeared. It was just everything you want your server to be in a restaurant. Wow. And I would ask for Kira if I go back. So we have back-to-back raves from Kevin. Absolutely. Kona and I've Cafe. been sitting on these for a couple of weeks. The Kona Cafe Sushi Bar and Citrico's. Yeah, you've had two weeks to think about this, so it's not a, a knee-jerk reaction to a recent experience. I mean, this is uh, um, th- that's two raves from Kevin. The best, the best compliment I can give is that we have gone back to the Kona Sushi Bar on our own. And that I've made two ADRs to go back to Citrico's and not for work. This is for pleasure. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Great reviews. Thank you very much for both of those, Kevin. Thanks, everybody, for 
uh, listening this week. It's going to do it for our show. Of course, on Thursdays, we have our email show, and I apologize. We did not have that for you last week, but we certainly do have one for you this week. And with that, we'll just say goodbye and remind everybody, stay the hell out of the lakes. <laughs>